Welcome to the IAAP Accessibility Podcast, brought to you by the International Association of Accessibility Professionals. Our guest today is Arinzuli Jochur, known as Ari, who is a founder and board member of the ADINA Equal Opportunity NGO. Ari has a background in social work and a master's degree in inclusive and special needs education. She is a passionate advocate for accessibility and inclusion with a focus on improving educational opportunities for individuals with disabilities in Mongolia. In this episode, Ari shares her insights and experiences in advocating for accessibility and inclusion and discusses the challenges faced by children with disabilities in accessing quality education. So today, I'd like to um, welcome Ari to our show. Ari, welcome. Thank you, Chris, and uh, thank you very much. Ari has a fascinating story, and we're going to be talking about some of the work that um, she's been doing. So Ari, just if you could start off, just tell us a little bit about your background and why you got into inclusive education. Thank you very much for having me. My name is Ari. Uh, it's Irene Zorlijoacher. Uh, very complicated to pronounce it, and shortly you can call me just Ari. I'm from Mongolia. And uh, I have a social work background almost uh, 15 years ago, but uh, I decided to change my career into inclusive and accessible education uh, 10 years ago. The reason why I changed my occupation is uh, I've been working with a lot of uh, disadvantaged group of communities, including persons with disabilities, uh, people who are using the drug, uh, and people who are migrating, and uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, communities, uh, sex workers, and uh, people who are living under the poverty line. And uh, when I work with those uh, communities, I observe that most of their uh, issues and problems are somehow connected to the poor quality education and accessible education. That's how I decided to shift my career into inclusive education. And it's also uh, connected with my uh, personal story. I was born and raised in a countryside, remote area, uh, until 11 years old. And uh, then my parents moved to Lombardia for better education, simply for finding English teacher for myself. Because the village I was born and uh, studied, uh, there was no English teacher, because Mongolia was that time uh, just after the Soviet Union, uh, you know, uh, under just uh, under the Soviet uh, Union regime, so we didn't have uh, English teacher. We only had uh, Russian teacher, and uh, that's the simply, you know, a uh, simple uh, indicate indicator of the poor quality education at the time. And uh, I remember now uh, most of my uh, classmates in that schools are still living there and not really much, you know. Uh, live with the quality of life. So, uh, unfortunately, after almost uh, 70, 27 years, the situation is still same. And the situation is even worse for the children with the disability. So, this uh, situation really uh, pushed me to do something for changing the lives for the especially children with disabilities and also children who are living in a disadvantaged context. Uh, that's how I uh, brought here. Uh, and uh, that's it. Wow, um, oh, that's a, that's a, an amazing um, story, and it's interesting because you know you're right. You, all the different areas of social work that you are working in, promoting in those different causes, the thread is people with disabilities could fit in all those areas, right? 
So I, I really commend you for the 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 evolution of your journey in your career. Um, it's it's quite impressive, um, and I'm really glad you're here today to share your story. So you wrote a chapter in the book, correct? Yes, three years ago I got my master's degree in inclusive education uh, in uh, University of Bristol in UK with the Chinning Scholarship, and. Uh, uh, when I'm, uh, you know, writing my thesis, I conducted uh, research on how Mongolian, you know, uh, school principals and teachers and also parents with disability and children with disability understand about inclusive education and what what are the main barriers for, uh, you know, providing quality and accessible education for children with disability in Mongolian context. Later on, that uh, uh, thesis turned into the book chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really, you know, uh, uh, accident work, and which is suggested my suggested by my professor, and then uh, we together wrote it, and uh, now it's releasing in online and offline. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm looking forward to to reading it. So I've got a couple of questions for you, um, and just to to kind of flesh out a little bit more of the work. Um, so do you do you think that children with disabilities in Mongolia um, can enjoy the rights? To education. So, before uh, answer this question, I would like to uh, share some of the background information about Mongolia because Mongolia. Many people, when I was studying in the UK, and many students, you know, when I'm talking about my country and situation in there, I uh, noticed that uh, many people do not really know about uh, Mongolia. You know, <laughs> so I would like to share some of the background information. Mongolia is. Uh, the most sparsely populated nation in the world, with only 3.3 million population in a geographical area of 1.5 million square meter, a kilometer square meter. And but, uh, however, uh, almost uh, half of the population live in very small capital city called Ulaanbaatar, and the rest of the population are living in the, the remaining population are living in the rest of the uh, country as a semi-nomadic living style until now. So, which sometimes make a little bit difficult to reach, you know, provide the school, schooling services for, for, for the children, especially in young age children, because nomadic families are living very far from the central area and we have to provide a dormitory for them. And when we are talking about children with a disability, it's also a uh, makes them difficult to, you know, staying in the dormitory without caregivers and their parents, especially if they are studying in a primary school. And uh, by anyway, so uh, uh, in terms of the economic development, Mongolia is uh, uh, classified as a low middle, uh, uh, middle income country with uh, only 3,730 US dollar per capita uh, for uh, cross-national income. Uh, therefore, almost one in third of the population are living under the poverty, according to the World Bank uh, classification, you know. And uh, although, uh, you know, the Mongolia has uh, a low economic development, we made huge steps in uh, school enrollment and completion uh, in primary and secondary school. With the 95 to 97 percentage of the enrollment and completion, uh, which means only three to five percentage of the, you know, uh, primary and uh, upper or lower secondary school students are left out uh, of the, uh, uh, you know, schooling. But uh, 
this rate dropped into 63% when we are talking about children with disability. Uh, we do have a, a, a general authority for development of persons with disability in Mongolia. It's in a uh, government body, mainly in charge of, you know, development for the persons with disability, including the children with disability. According to their 2022 statistic, 36.6% of the children with uh, disabilities are cannot go to the school because of the you know, poor access and poor quality of education. So which means like uh, one in every three children with a disability cannot go to the school. So uh, going back to answer your question, I would uh, briefly say no. You know, children cannot go to the school just because of the, there's a lack of infrastructure or lack of the accessible road to reach the school or lack of the uh, accessible entrance or lack of accessible even toilet room in the school and uh, lack of also accessible learning environment. And even though they entered in the school, uh, they cannot receive uh, quality education. Since the teachers, uh, majority of the teachers are not uh, trained how to work with the children with the disability. Uh, and uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, stigma and discrimination against the children with disability by the other parents and the other peers who, who don't have, uh, you know, uh, disability. So this makes uh, very difficult and challenging for uh, children with a disability to exercise the right to education. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's, that's powerful. 36%. Um, that's mind-blowing. Um, it really is. And the, the issues that you brought all, all not only you know around teacher training and the, the stigma with parents, um, stigma from other kids, but the infrastructure from the built environment standpoint and just even transportation with the getting to school. There's there's so much there to unpack. You know, I do have hope though in some cases because they're all initiatives with IWP is doing, and we have the the AI um, open sidewalk project that we have that was funded by Microsoft. Um, to, to do work on on looking at routing accessible um, um, uh, streetscapes in the sense. Um, so the, there's that, and then there's certification and professional education. We just got to get it there. <laughs> it sounds like so. I I I appreciate that blunt answer. So the next question I have is, um, you know, what is the biggest challenge to ensure inclusive education for children with disabilities? Mm-hmm. So, uh, government of Mongolia has made uh, uh, several big policy steps since uh, 2018, and they have brought uh, a procedure to uh, promote inclusive education in mainstream school setting. And they also developed a lot of guidance to how to work with children with uh, uh, disabilities with the development of the individual education plan. But, however, I would say uh, the most uh, Big, uh, biggest challenge is uh, negative attitude, you know, uh, negative attitude toward the children with disability. In one hand, uh, uh, I I met a lot of parents who have children with disability, but who do not believe their children could learn in mainstream school setting, you know. But I cannot really blame themselves because, again, uh, uh, why they are thinking is, again, related to the uh, uh, lack of the teachers, you know, uh, teachers' training and lack of the, uh, you know, uh, inaccessible school environment, and also stigma and the discrimination toward their children. 
you know, uh, on the other hand, I also uh, observed uh, a lot of teachers and even in the school principals are not really likely to receive, you know, children with disabilities. Uh, they still believe that they should uh, study in special schools. And again, it's a uh, lack of the awareness and lack of knowledge about the inclusive education and lack of the teacher training, I would say. It leads, uh, you know, uh, this kind of lack of understanding among school community and among parents uh, uh, of uh, children with disability lead to also, you know, discrimination and uh, stigma by other parents and other peers. So this is this has to be uh, changed in order to implement uh, inclusive education. And second, uh, the issue is, uh, uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, earlier, the uh, lack of the human resources means like uh, teachers are not trained well. There are uh, several projects being implemented to promote inclusive education uh, since uh, like uh, three decades ago with the funding of the international uh, uh, development agencies. But uh, they cannot really, you know, train uh, all of the teachers in uh, nationwide, you know. They cannot reach the especially teachers uh, who are in remote area. And the teachers they are trained are very low uh, percentage of uh, compared to the total teachers. And in addition, uh, when we are, uh, you know, uh, uh, educating children with a disability, we also need special uh, professionals, including like uh, speech therapists, occupational therapists, you know, physical therapists and sign language teachers, etc. But Mongolia is now facing a very shortage of these uh, kind of professionals. So the government of Mongolia should, you know, promote and prepare uh, this uh, type of uh, special professionals who could also support children in, uh, with uh, disabilities in the mainstream school setting. And the last big challenge, I would say, is the lack of the budget. You know, uh, the, first of all, I, I think uh, we have to understand that inclusive education is not an optimal uh, purpose or goal. It's a continuous and endless process to, to promote and help students with disabilities uh, in, in mainstream educational setting. Therefore, uh, children uh, and, and teachers need to equip, you know, training, and they need to equip also assistive technologies and devices that could also help to remove the, some of the barriers. But the current uh, uh, Mongolian uh, budget is uh, ranging from uh, 677, 70, uh, 57 to 668, depending on the primary or lower upper or secondary school, per children for one year, which is not really uh, enough, you know, to uh, to educate children in, in mainstream school. By the way, this uh, budget is already three times higher than uh, children without disability, you know. Uh, let's assume, for example, uh, there's a, a, a children who have visual impairment, and he or she might need a, a laptop with a bright, you know, display. You know, but on the bright display, uh, we know it it costs around uh, $2,500 US dollar with Mongolian language setting. So, and sure, he needs laptop, and uh, sure, he needs also. Uh, additional software that could teach math or other science uh, classes, for example, right? So, comparing to that uh, over 
600 uh, US dollars, very much, you know, insufficient to, to educate them. So this has to be changed, uh, I would say. So these are the three main challenges to educate children with disabilities in Mongolian context now. The IAAP Certified Professional in Accessibility Core Competencies, CPAC, credential is IAAP's foundational certification, representing broad, cross-disciplinary conceptual knowledge about thoughtful design, policy, and management to be inclusive of all. The CPAC is the ideal credential for those who manage and support accessibility but who may not personally design, implement, or evaluate the technical details of accessible solutions. Check out the exam content outline on our website. Yeah, it's th those, are, those, are, those, those challenges really um, are, are things that are, are difficult to, to change you know, quickly. Right, um, the budget being the most important piece of that, rolling in um, teacher education and and getting to the rural areas um, is concerning too. I mean, we you you want to just be able to network the the resources out, um, not just in the urban areas. Um, thank you for that. So how? So what? What do you do? I mean, how do we remove some of these barriers? Those three areas that you just talked about. Yeah. So uh, uh, first thing I really want to change uh, now is to, uh, to improve the system of uh, assessing or diagnosing the children with disabilities. And we don't have clear uh, assessment method or diagnostic system to identify uh, the children's uh, disability level, I would say. Uh, currently, we have only, according to the you know, uh, general authority for Development for persons with disability. They said there are more than eight thousand children with disability who are aged in primary and secondary school age. But I think the actual numbers are higher than this because current uh, classification and statistics are fall down like uh, children with visual impairment, hearing impairment, speech impairment, and physical impairment, uh, intellectual impairment, and multiple uh, impairment. But yet we don't have any classification for learning disability, you know. And then we don't have really, you know, uh, a reliable uh, method to identify and assess uh, the learning disability. So we need to improve this uh, system, uh, I would say. And then second uh, important thing, like I mentioned uh, several times, uh, train, uh, training for the teachers. There's a several projects now being implemented, but they only provide, you know, one time or uh, two times or three times training. But training has to be continuous, you know, and uh, because uh, there's a lot of uh, technological advances and uh, also uh, <clears throat> updated training curriculum uh, is being, you know, developed in, in inclusive education sector. So. It has to be all the time updated and it has to be provided in continuous uh, way for the teachers in primary and secondary school education. And third one, of course, you know, uh, allocate uh, sufficient budget. That, that's uh, the main uh, three uh, uh, recommendations, I would say, to remove the barriers for educating children with disability. All right, that, that was, um, that's very insightful. Um, Drilling down a little bit in the the learning disability area, that, that is my background actually, uh, cognitive disabilities, and um, I was privileged to work for 
uh, a university system that put um, in place a um, a battery of tests that um, students would go through and take, um, and then uh, recommendations would be rec- would be provided based on their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and this was individuals with um, average IQ of 100 and above. Um, so in that particular area, I'd, I'd love to have a further conversation with you about that. I think there's 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 proven resources um, and methods um, that have worked, uh, at least in the, the U.S. in university systems um, that have, have spent a lot of time on this and in, in other countries, too. Um, so I think there's some 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 great resources I could point you to if you like. Of course, that would be really great to to ask to share with with me. Yeah, because this kind of uh, reliable, you know, resources uh, are very much needed in Mongolia now. I mean, there's uh, several uh, uh, private uh, companies and institutions who are assessing assessing and diagnosing the children with learning disability. But I don't really believe some of them, you know, it's too much commercialized, you know. Uh, and and uh, that's why uh, uh, I'm more uh, like uh, I want to introduce more reliable resources and it, it should be free or at least you know affordable for the parents who are living in their poverty under the poverty line so yeah that would be really good if you share with me baseline standards what to go through that yeah. if, if third party vendors are, are diagnosing that they need to diagnose it in this way right yeah yeah we could translate into the mongolian and train the teachers or the professionals have to diagnose it yeah that's really yeah, impressive to hear that. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, and I also have one other question before we move to the last question. Um, in regards to disability advocacy agencies um, in Mongolia, are they, are they robust? Do they um, advocate um, legislatively? Um, what, what is the, what is the um, landscape with disability advocacy groups? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, national organizations for, for persons with disabilities. They are doing a lot of advocacy for the government of Mongolia, and uh, maybe they're, thanks to their job, the Mongolian government just approved the procedure to promote inclusive education back in 2018. And a lot of, uh, you know, uh, resource materials and recommendations for teachers are now uh, made by and developed by the Minister of Education with the collaboration of those advocacy uh, groups. But still, uh, they are not very much strong because of the, you know, uh, they, most of them are working in a voluntarily based uh, without, uh, you know, constant uh, support, financial support to run their activity. But that's the big issue for them to keep going. And But still, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we have at least, you know, organization and group of people and group of parents who are very much passionate about uh, the equal rights for their children and, you know, pushing the government to do their job. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so the last question, what are you doing next? You got the chapter coming out. <laughs> what, what happens? What additional um, uh, work that are you planning? Yeah. Uh, uh, currently, I'm working in, in the two different projects. One is, uh, uh, according to my book chapter and also my uh, uh, study, I found out that uh, the budget for educating children and children with disability in mainstream settings is insufficient. Now, at least we know uh, this, the budget is not sufficient, but we don't know 
how much budget we need to educate, let's say, like children with uh, hearing impairment studying in the regular school, how much it would cost. We don't know, right? And we don't know how much it will cost to educate children with, you know, physical impairment, who needs uh, uh, physical equipment, who needs also a physical therapist and other additional support. So uh, there's a, I'm working on a, a, a World Bank project called uh, TEDI. TEDI is the abbreviation of the word. Uh, it's, uh, it's basically uh, developing a tool for costing out, for uh, educating uh, children with uh, disabilities in mainstream school setting. So I hope that we will finish uh, this uh, work uh, end of this April, and we will uh, introduce it to the Minister of Education. Uh, that's uh, one of my uh, you know, work, and now uh, working on it. And uh, the second work I'm working on is the development of the uh, training manual for preschool teachers who are working with uh, children with disabilities in mainstream kindergartens. There are only a couple of uh, training manuals for preschool teachers. So uh, I also wanted to contribute to develop uh, some training materials and resource materials for those teachers to help with them to work with children with uh, uh, disabilities. And we uh, piloted our uh, training manual last week and it was really successful and teachers are very much you know, inspired and uh, uh, we will now uh, finalize the uh, training manual and then print out and submit in nationwide. And this project is supported by the UNICEF Mongolia and collaboration with the General Education Authority. Yeah, these are the current work I'm doing now. And my future work, <laughs> now also I'm uh, uh, working on a project proposal to uh, develop online educational platform for primary and secondary school uh, teachers who are working with uh, children with disabilities in mainstream school. So like I mentioned earlier, there are several projects being implemented to promote inclusive education, but most of the projects are promoting in you know classroom uh, training for the teachers. But uh, those teachers who are living in a remote area, you know, they cannot really benefit uh, by this project. So in order to improve more accessible, you know, and also sustainable educational uh, resource material, I want to develop with our team, you know, I want to develop a, an online educational platform that can, you know, uh, serve a main uh, resource material for the teachers. Uh, and by the way, I got this idea uh, from uh, uh, IAP, uh, training uh, online uh, online uh, training uh, uh, platform with the Princeton University. <laughs> so this is my future work. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm That's very great. much striking. Uh, yeah, I'm very much striking on what I found uh, out my uh, master thesis. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. I I want to get you back here to talk about. Each one of those three projects that you're working on, um, particularly the the, the costing um, tool, that will be really interesting to see. I hope that you consider um, when you launch it to um, 
to to actually go to Zeal Project and, and put it in as a, as an award because I don't think there's anything out there like that um, that I'm aware of. So I'm I'm really excited to to hear about all three of the projects, but the costing tool really stands out. It's needed. Yeah, this costing tool is actually developed by a World Bank Global Team in Washington D.C. and they are piloting it in in Mongolia and Gambia. So I'm you know leading the Mongolian team to to uh, develop uh, what the sort of, you know, uh, devices, assistive devices and uh, technologies and tools and softwares are needed to uh, educate children with uh, uh, certain disabilities. There will be also the country uh, study, case study uh, published soon after this project. So I was happy to share with the findings and happy to share the progress, how we, you know, developed these tools and piloted in Mongolia and I'm sure that uh, the World Bank Global Team will uh, soon promote this tool in other countries because it's a very simple tool uh, based in Excel sheet. So what you have to do is to enter the data and enter the you know, uh, some of the variables, and then it will automatically calculate the cost for in, 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 in in school level or in regional level or in nationwide level. It's very flexible, by the way, yes. Very user-friendly. That's really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. All right, thank you so much for coming today. Um, we've enjoyed um, this time. I have enjoyed this time, particularly um, listening to some of the great work that you're doing and some of the challenges you're facing and some of the solutions you're looking towards. Um, so thank you very much. And thank you very much for having me and giving me this opportunity to share uh, what's going on in Mongolia, you know, what I'm doing and what our team are also doing uh, for for promoting the equal uh, educational rights for children with disabilities. And thank you very much again. You're doing great work. Thank you very much. The International Association of Accessibility Professionals offers a variety of membership options for individuals and organizations. Whether you are an expert in accessibility or just starting your journey, join the only Global Accessibility Professional Association promoting and improving digital accessibility and physical environments. IAAP advocates for the inclusive design and creation of accessible products, content, services, and spaces to ensure no one is left behind due to a physical, sensory, cognitive, health, or psychological-related impairment. United in Accessibility, join IAAP and become a part of the global accessibility movement.